What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through my week eight running back rankings. So just running through my top 36 running backs for this specific week, not rest of season, just here in week eight. So basically like the order I would be starting these guys in. Um, if you guys are watching the content and you enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Any fantasy questions, drop them down below. But let's just jump right into the rankings and starting it off here at number one, I believe Derrick Henry will be making his first appearance as the number one running back. He matches up here against the Houston Texans. And I just want to flash back to Derrick Henry's last three matchups against the Texans because Derrick Henry against the Texans is basically like elite running back one, you know, production basically every single time. So his last three games against the Texans, he had 34 carries, 250 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. That's not total. That's in one game. Next game, 22 carries, 220 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and 52 receiving yards. Then 32 carries, 211 rushing yards, and three rushing touchdowns. He has gone over 200 rushing yards last three times he has played the Texans and has scored at least two touchdowns in you know all of those games. And now you may be saying this is a different Texans team. These games were from like two years ago, three years ago, which is true, but the Texans still have a very rough run defense. They're actually allowing the most points per game to running backs of any team in the NFL for fantasy. And then we're just looking at Derrick Henry. He's been hot the last four weeks. He has gone for 130 plus yards from scrimmage in the last four weeks. I think he is a smash play. And that is why I have him here as the number one running back this week. Then we have Saquon Barkley here at number two. Can't go wrong with Saquon. Continues to put up high-end running back one numbers. Then I actually have Joe Mixon here at number three. Some people may think this is high. Overall, I think this is a nice matchup here for Mixon. The Browns have allowed the fourth most points per game to running backs. When we're looking at a solid matchup like this, then we look at Mixon's opportunities. 17.3 carries per game, five targets per game. He has the fifth highest opportunity share of any running back in the NFL, and he leads all running backs in red zone touches. So I think this is a great situation here for Joe Mixon to have a big game. Then at number four, I have Josh Jacobs going up against the Saints. And at this point, I mean, Josh Jacobs is just lighting up fantasy football. And I feel like we just got to ride the hot hand here. I think he needs to be played as a high-end running back one until he shows any signs of slowing down. Then at number five, I have Christian McCaffrey. I still think he's an interesting player to navigate because I'm not 100% sure he's going to have his full workload here on Sunday. I think he's going to have a much improved workload from what he had last week. You know, maybe we're looking at 80 to 90% of his normal role, but I still think CMC at 80 to 90% of, you know, the touches is still a really locked in mid-tier running back one. So I think he is still an auto lock, even in a, you know, tougher matchup against the Rams. Then we have Jonathan Taylor going up here against the Commanders. And to be totally honest, I feel like there's a huge tier of players basically going from like running back six to probably like running back 11, 12, 13, maybe even 14. So I wouldn't get too you know caught up on these. I think a lot of these players could be interchangeable. So I have JT against the Commanders. Then I have Delvin Cook against the Cardinals, two just locked in solid running back ones in my opinion. Then we're gonna move over to the Young Guns Kenneth Walker here at eight going up against the Giants continues to have a massive workload and really has just been dominant with Rashad Penny out of the lineup. I think he continues that here against the Giants. Then I have Travis Etienne actually all the way up here at number nine going up against the Broncos. I truly think the way Travis Etienne is set up here, I think he could be a top 10 running back rest of season. I honestly think that would still be in his range of outcomes, even if James Robinson, you know, wasn't traded away. 
But I just feel like, you know, moving away from Robinson, that is just cementing the fact that Travis Etienne is going to be the workhorse rest of season. This is going to be his first game coming into the game as the clear number one running back. Last week, 14 carries, 114 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, also added five targets. You also have the Broncos, who have the appearance of being a really tough defense, and they are a very great NFL defense. But in terms of, you know, fantasy points to the running backs, they're pretty middle of the pack, so it's not necessarily a terrible matchup here for ETN. And if you're telling me that ETN's going to be getting in the 15 carry range, five targets per game, I'm just willing to bet that he's going to turn in running back one numbers, as in like top 12, top 10 production. He's leading all running backs in yards per touch, and he's also fourth in breakaway run rate. So he's just a big play waiting to happen. I think he's a really strong play this week, you know, especially with James Robinson being traded. Then at number 10, I have Nick Chubb. He does have a pretty tough matchup here against the Bengals. Not only do the Bengals not allow a ton of points to the running back position, but they also have just been on fire offensively. So they could go ahead early. Could be a rough game script for Nick Chubb. But Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. We still got to fire him up as a really solid running back one. Then at number 11, I have Alvin Kamara going up against the Raiders. Now for Kamara, he's someone I was very high on coming into the season, and I still think he's probably going to live up to his pre-draft price as like what, running back 10, 11, 12, but I just don't see the ceiling with him this year because he is not getting the goal line opportunities. I believe he does not have one single goal line carry the entire season. They're bringing in Mark Ingram. They're bringing in Taysom Hill. So he's still going to give you solid volume. He's going to give you solid receiving work, but in terms of hitting that you know, next gear, being a top five running back, it's just not going to happen if he's not getting those goal line opportunities. So that's why he's slotting in more as a uh, back end running back one. Then we have Damian Pierce here at number 12, just continues to get a massive workload, a super strong, you know, fringe RB1 play. At 13, I have Leonard Fournette going up against the Ravens. For me, there's just too many red flags here to have Leonard Fournette in like the top 10. He's someone I loved coming into the season. I still think he's going to be strong rest of season, but with the Bucks offense struggling, Rashad White starting to work in, Todd Bowles with some, you know, random comments thrown out here. I just think Fournette is more of like a high-end running back too this week. Hopefully this offense bounces back and, you know, Leonard Fournette has a solid game, has his full workload, but it is something I kind of want to wait and see. At 14, I have Ramondre Stevenson going up against the Jets, and I actually think he's kind of a tough guy to decipher moving forward, right? Like we saw him have a massive role in Damian Harris's first game back. Now is that part of Harris being maybe a little banged up? Was it just the game script? They went down early, so they just rolled with Ramondre Stevenson, or has he just carved out this role rest of season? I don't think anyone truly knows the answer to that. I mean, Bill Belichick may not even know at this point, but I think he's still going to be a solid high-end running back too until we see that this is going to be a potential committee if they do go back to that. Then at 15, I have Aaron Jones coming off of a big game, especially in the receiving department. I just don't know if we're going to see him replicate those numbers here against the Bills. He's the Packers' clear number one target. Bills have a very strong defense. Packers' offense has been floundering. Just seems like a not ideal spot here for Aaron Jones, but I still think he's a high-end running back too. Then at 16, I have Raheem Mostert just continues to carve out a very, very strong role in this offense, getting top touches, a really strong matchup here against the Lions. I think he's a great play. Now at 17, I have DeAndre Swift going up against the Dolphins, and he's just an incredibly hard player to rank because really it just comes down to his health. A healthy DeAndre Swift is in the running back six, seven, eight conversation. Like he's a locked in top 10 running back when healthy, getting his full workload. 
The problem is he has a risk of playing in this game, but playing limited. We saw the Lions do that with him in week three where he was banged up. I think it was his ankle, which is still the thing he's dealing with, but he had an under 50% snap share slotted in at around 45%, seven carries, four targets. So you're running the risk of starting him. Now, if you play him and I have him here at running back 17 and he gets his full workload, he's going to way overachieve. But if he doesn't get that full workload, then we could be looking at more like, you know, fringe running back two numbers. So it's just a risk you're going to have to evaluate if that's something, you know, you're willing to take here. At 18, I have Miles Sanders, just a really strong running back two week to week going up against the Steelers. At 19, I have Eno Benjamin. Now, this is going to be assuming that James Conner does not play. If Connor plays, this whole backfield is just all muddied up and we're going to have to like figure out if he's limited, all of this stuff. So I felt like it would just be more helpful to list it as if James Connor is going to be out because it looks like he's going to be like a close decision, which probably means he's not going to be 100% locked in as the starter, which would lead to a gross backfield. But Eno here at 19, I think you could argue him up a few spots, especially if both Connor and Williams are out could have another massive workload, but they also, you know, have been filtering in Keontae Ingram. So this could be a fair spot going up against the Vikings. That's just where I have him for now. Could change based on injury news. 20, I have Devin Singletary just kind of consistently flies under the radar. I still think he's going to be a very solid running back to play. He actually like performs better and gets more opportunities in games that are close Not sure this is going to be a super competitive game here against the Packers. I believe this is the first time Aaron Rodgers is a double-digit underdog. So interesting there. We'll see how he plays. I still think he's going to be a solid running back too. Then at 21 and 22, I actually have back-to-back Cowboys running backs. And I actually gave Tony Pollard the nod this week. And it really just comes down to Zeke's knee injury. If he is banged up, it looks like he should have a shot to play. But if he plays, he's probably going to be somewhat limited, which I just think gives Pollard the little bump over him. Now, if Zeke is out, we're talking about Tony Pollard in like top 10 running back territory. Like I think he gets pushed up there if Zeke is out. But at this point, have him at 21 and 22. Then at 23, I have Najee Harris. He kind of just continues to give you like gross, inefficient volume. You're really just hoping he gets into the end zone on like his 13 or 14 carries. Not super optimistic about Najee moving forward, especially in a tougher matchup against the Eagles. Then I have David Montgomery here at 24 going up against the Cowboys. It does look like this is going to be somewhat of a committee moving forward, but this offense as a whole has a pretty solid run game. And I do think David Montgomery is going to be leading that committee at least for now. Then at 25, the running back threes. I have Michael Carter here. To be totally honest, I feel like a lot of these running back threes are pretty tough to rank. A lot of weird situations, potential, you know, committee situations going on here. But for Carter, what I'm looking at for this backfield is I think we're going to see Michael Carter take an early down split. I think James Robinson and Michael Carter are going to split the early downs. I think Michael Carter is going to have the third down work. And I also think he is going to have the two minute drill opportunities. That's obviously the role you want. You want the pass catching work, especially if you're, you know, filtering in on early downs also. I think the question here, though, is the goal line work. Now, you may assume, you know, like if James Robinson is the early down grinder, he's the guy who's probably going to be getting that goal line work. I honestly think it's probably going to be more of a split in that department. Even when we're looking at Brees Hall and Michael Carter, obviously everyone knows Brees Hall is the far superior running back. Brees Hall had 18 red zone touches to Michael Carter's 15, and they each had three goal line carries. Now, some of that was, you know, Brees Hall breaking off a 60 yard run and then he's tired. So they just sub in Michael Carter. But they, you know, were operating with a split in the red zone on the goal line. 
I think if that happens here, Michael Carter is still a viable start as a high-end running back three, but I think some questions will be answered this week. 26, Daryl Henderson, likely to have a pretty solid role in this Rams offense. The offense has just been so brutal, and they are going up against the 49ers. So I think he's a running back three flex option, but not someone that I'm super hyped to have in my lineup. 27, Brian Robinson. He'll continue to get the early down grinder work. You're really just going to be banking on whether or not he gets into the end zone because he'll probably give you 60, 70 yards on the ground, maybe catch a pass or two, but it's whether you're going to get eight points out of him or 14. So that touchdown will play a big role. 28, I have Gus Edwards. Normally the idea is you want to fade the uh, Bucks run defense. They're super tough, especially looking at the Ravens. It's pretty much a committee going on here with Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake, also Justice Hill thrown in there. I do think the Buccaneers showed a little bit of weakness last week. We saw both Chuba Hubbard and Deonta Foreman be fantasy relevant, you know, which was pretty shocking out of nowhere. Like if you told me they were going to have that split coming into the game, I'd be like, all right, they're each going to finish with like four points. So the Bucs have been struggling kind of on both sides of the ball. I think if Gus Edwards is leading that backfield, he is a viable, you know, running back three flex play this week. 29, I have Jamal Williams. Now, Jamal Williams' ranking is going to fluctuate based on the DeAndre Swift news. So if Swift ends up being out, I mean, then we're looking at Jamal Williams as a potential top 12 running back or a high-end running back too. If Swift looks like he's going to be a full go, then Jamal Williams probably drops a little bit. If he's limited, then maybe Jamal slides up a few spots you know, kind of just trying to balance his ranking here between a bunch of different outcomes that could go down this week. At 30 and 34, just getting the Panthers running backs out of the way, I have Deonta Foreman and I have Chuba Hubbard. Now, I do think it's tough to really kind of choose what guy you'd want moving forward. Early in the game against the Bucs, it looked like the workload was actually favoring Chuba. I kind of just feel like Deonta Foreman is the better running back. So maybe that's an incorrect call on my part. We also have Chuba who's a little bit banged up. So I'd slightly prefer Deonta Foreman, but I think both of these guys are kind of crapshoots in a you know running back by committee here. I do think this is an acceptable matchup against the Falcons because you know it's probably going to be decently low scoring. Both teams are just going to be grinding out the clock with the run game. So I think they're both you know subpar running back three flex plays. But I understand it. Bye weeks are here, injuries, all of that. So they may crack into your lineup. At 31, I have Tyler Algier. And now I will say that if Damian Williams makes his return this week, Tyler Algier will probably get bumped down a few spots because then we've just got a super gross committee. But if Williams is out another week with that rib issue, I think Algier can be a solid running back three play leading that backfield. Like I said, with Deonta Foreman and Hubbard, it's going to be probably a gross grinded out game. We know the Falcons are going to run the ball no matter what, even if they're down by 40 points they will still continue to establish the run in the fourth quarter. We saw that last week against, who was it against? Was it against the Bengals? I think that might've been what it was. After Algier, I have Kareem Hunt here at 32. A trade would be nice for Kareem Hunt. Without a trade and without Deshaun Watson in the lineup, it's tough to trust uh, Hunt moving forward. He doesn't have the touchdown upside and the workload is just not big enough. At 33, I have Melvin Gordon. I guess he's the running back to own here in Denver but it's a bad offense. It's a committee. So I don't really think we can be fully trusting Gordon or Latavius Murray going forward. Already talked about uh, Hubbard at 34, 35, Khalil Herbert. Talked about how this was going to be a committee. I think David Montgomery is going to be the 1A. Khalil Herbert is the 1B. He may be someone who has more long-term value if he's actually able to overtake David Montgomery, but week to week, I think it's tough to trust him. And then AJ Dillon has fallen all the way down to running back 36. 
tough to see. I mean, I never would have thought the Bears running back two would be ranking ahead of A.J. Dillon, but that's where we're at. He just has not produced. His workload has fallen off. Aaron Jones just looks like the far superior running back. So that is where A.J. Dillon is going to be slotting in. But that is going to wrap it up for my top 36 running backs here in week eight. You guys know the drill. If you enjoyed the content, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. If you want to check out my wide receiver rankings, those are going to be coming out today. Also have my start sits at every position, trade targets, trade pieces, got everything going on here. Also stay tuned tomorrow. I think I'm going to be going through my rest of season rankings at every position. Don't worry. It's not going to be like a two hour video. I'll probably just put up the graphic, maybe talk about a few players here and there, big risers, big fallers, but it's more just going to be getting the information out, maybe help you guys make some trades. So kind of just putting out the rankings and then you know, maybe doing some commentary on a few players, but it's not going to be like a, you know, hour long upload. I feel like no one probably wants to listen to me talk for an hour. So thank you guys again for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.